This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. Hi, Johnny. Great to be on. Ed, before we delve into the week's market news, we should reflect on the tragic news we heard earlier today with the assassination of Shinzo Abe. There aren't many individuals who have an economics term named after them, but he was one of them with uh, Arbonomics. He really was a big figure on the world stage. Very much so. I think when you take a look at what he did for Japan, and, and I, I know his, his legacy is, is somewhat divided, but he did bring on a period of prosperous times um, that was... Uh, something that you know stemmed from Abenomics, that aggressive economic growth strategy. We could talk about the arrows, but what he did, he brought confidence, he brought stability to um, Japanese um, economic policies, and he was respected. World leaders really enjoyed um, working with Prime Minister Abe, and there was a market reaction. We did see uh, a significant strengthening of the yen. He was giving a speech at a political event, and, and Japan is the beginnings of uh, you know another election season here. Their their ruling party, um, uh, the upper house, has elections on Sunday. So uh, this is a you know a, a key time for uh, Japanese politics. So uh, I think it just it's tragic, and 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 I think when you consider Prime Minister Kishida is you know you know reminding us that you know that we we need to you know move forward with. Uh, the elections and the campaigning and, um, you know, campaigning as planned is, is expected to go on uh, tomorrow. And uh, you're you're really going to, to see, uh, you know, um, a big focus uh, drawn to these elections, um, given these tragic events. And, and, and right now, I think uh, the expectations are growing that, you know, the, the ruling party might perform a little bit better. Um, at, the, at these upcoming elections. But um, no, I think that, you know, the, the world is still stunned, uh, you know, as far as influential um, political leaders, uh, you know, he was the most prominent one for Japan over the last, you know, few decades. So this is very sad news. And anybody who's listening who isn't aware of what Arbonomics was, can you explain? Well, um, what happened was uh, Japan was, they were fighting deflation. It seems that they've always been fighting deflation for most people, 40 or, or under. What he did was to, to jumpstart the economy, he, he just um, rolled out this um, uh, three-hour approach that was supposed to um, um, bring back um, 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 some economic growth and uh, help you know, trigger a little bit of an uh, inflation. Um, and, and he was somewhat successful. Um, and, and that's where, you know, the, you know, my comment about his legacy being divided because um, uh, in the end, uh, um, you know, the, unfortunately the deflationary pressures were winning. Um, but, uh, but overall he did, you know, have, you know, uh, that a, a good um, period of economic success and uh, I think that you're you're probably going to see that uh, during that time there was so much turnover with uh, um, um, leaders uh, in in Japan and and I mean you know he was you know this was not his first time as prime minister when he um, uh, brought in Abenomics but he um, he was uh, he did he did you know. Um, prevent a, a falling knife from um it was it was getting very ugly for 
even uglier for Japan. And, and he, he did um, brought on a period of optimism for the Japanese economy. And that was something that um, no one really had on their radar. So I think he was commended for that um, as well. Of course, it's non-farm payroll day, Ed, and the figures were encouraging employment growing by far more than forecast. Tell us the numbers. Before we go to non-farm, I can't escape this podcast without talking about Prime Minister Johnson's resignation. I, I think that this was, uh, you know, we, you know, before this podcast, we always debate the key topics that we're going to cover, and this week there were too many. And and uh, I think you know we're going to leave out the RBA rate decision. We're going to leave out the Fed minutes. Um, there was a important oil inventory report, but I, I think we should, you know, briefly touch upon um, what happened uh, across the pond or for you, for your home. And this was uh, uh, something that I must commend you. You were uh, spot on calling that, you know, this day was coming. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, you're, you, you, I mean, initially there was a little bit of a um, relief for the pound. I mean, there is so much uncertainty at, at one point, you know, the, the, the market just says, okay, finally, we can move forward. And I think there's uh, expectations that you're not going to see a major shift away from his policies, his stances. And uh, I think now the focus is just going to be on, okay, who who is going to replace Johnson? And Defense Secretary Ben Wallace has a good chance, uh, ex-Chancellor Rishi Sunak. But UK politics are, are definitely going to uh, be dominating a lot of the headlines over these next few weeks. I might argue with you there, Ed, regarding a change of policy and uh, economic policy specifically, because I've got a feeling that whoever comes in, for a variety of reasons, political and economic, may decide to go for tax cuts, because this is what a lot of people have been calling out for. Rishi Sunak was criticised, um, depending on whether he gets the job or not, but he was certainly criticised for raising taxes during this period, when, of course, so many people have less money than they used to. So it might be that one of the candidates will promise uh, tax cuts as part of uh, the uh, campaign that they lead. I think you'll definitely see some contrarian approaches, and and I think that is needed, especially, I think, uh, and and you can never take the, you know, the, the front runner and, you know, say, OK, it's it's a foregone conclusion that Ben Wallace is going to win. Um, but but I, I think you're right that, uh, you know, there there is going to be, I think, a, a handful of ways of arguing as far as how to go forward, helping the economy. And, and, and right now, though, it, it seems it is a battle that, um, unfortunately, uh, you have inflationary pressures that are um, not going to be easing anytime soon. And uh, it will it will be something that um, you're, you're going to have to see how central banks react. And also, um, you know, by the time you're going to see the new premier take office, this, you know, depending on how quickly these elections go. And, and that we'll see if they're as fast as we saw it when uh, Theresa May had to step down. But there's still uh, this period of where we're, we're going to be just, you know, waiting and seeing. OK, let's talk about those jobs figures, though. The U.S. economy creating 372,000 jobs in June, and as I said before, higher than expected. Very much so. I, I think uh, it was a very strong number. Um, it almost exceeded all the estimates um, from uh, the analysts. I think only three were calling for a, a um, stronger number. But um, overall, um, this pretty much you know, um, puts 
at rest to uh, those um, immediate recession fears. And, and, and I think that you, you have a labor market that is pretty strong. The big surprise was the unemployment rate. That stayed steady. There are some people that were expecting you were going to see it even um, dip a little bit. Others were thinking if the weakness was starting to become more relevant, you were going to see it here. Um, that, you know, did not happen. Um, when you, you know, dissect the numbers. Um, and I think what, um, for me, the, you know, the one of the biggest tells is um, a lot of times with hiring, um, you see the, the last jobs in are the first ones out. Um, and, and when you take a look at hiring across um, um, uh, Hispanics, uh, African Americans, you, you, you really saw that um, they didn't drop off. And uh, that is a, a positive sign. So I think that you're going to see that the economy um, is, is probably not going to see um, a, a rapid deterioration in, in, in hiring just yet. Um, and, and that should, you know, for the most part, cement the, the Fed's course of 75 basis point rate increase later this month. And uh, I, I think that uh, if the data starts to weaken significantly over the next two months, the September meeting could maybe see a deceleration of that pace to, to a half point. But, um, you know, a lot can happen um, from now till then. Um, but it, it seems that you're, you're kind of on cruise control here for Fed policy. And, uh, um, you know, this... This number is welcomed, um, and the initial reaction—you saw the short end of the curve. Uh, you know, Treasury yields—you know—they they surged significantly, um, and and what you know the the Treasury curve is telling you is that okay, the Fed is going to be able to be um, maintain this aggressive stance with tightening, um, and then the long end of the curve is saying that you know the recession is brewing. <laughs> so so I think you're 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 in this period where you you know you take a look at you know the yield curve inversions and um this is looking like we, we're going to see um um a much longer um period of uh staying in inverted territory and and that that is uh that's an environment that's difficult to become overly bullish or or um wanting to be as aggressive with equity so i think you're you're in for a choppy period here you might see financials industrials and uh some some of those trades outperform um but um overall this is this is a market that is now saying okay the u.s economy had a decent june's jobs report but you know a lot of the other economic indicators are screaming slow down you're probably going to see that this gives the green light for the Fed to maintain that aggressive stance, uh, but you know, obviously, the economy is slowing down, and, and that likely lead to a change in policy at some point in the fall. Okay, let's talk about cryptocurrency. After weeks of big downturns, it was a good one, wasn't it? The best week for Bitcoin for some time. Very much so. Right now, it's uh, poised for the the biggest weekly gain since March, and that is i think highlighted by you know the crypto market cap you know tentatively retook that one trillion dollar mark this has been long awaited by the <laughs> relentless crypto cheerleaders hodlers they're not doing victory laps but you know they are breathing a sigh of relief because the amount of pessimism for the crypto space at the end of june the, the, the midway point of the year it was extreme and uh, the the amount of investors traders analysts strategists that i was talking to it seemed 
the the call was maybe we'll see it hit 15,000 10,000 some people calling for 7500 on bitcoin and then that being the that's the level around 7500 to 12,000 where you 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 consider um an aggressive buy-in opportunity well um, what happened was, you know, pessimism was just so extreme. The selling pressure just dried up. Uh, and, and now you're, you're seeing Bitcoin stabilize here. Has, has anything really changed on the fundamentals? The only thing that's changed is that, you know, we're, we're getting close to pricing in um, um, all of the Fed tightening that we're going to see. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, providing this bounce. Now, is this saying it's the all clear signal for for bitcoin no by any means not that's not the case but um oftentimes when you start to see investors are just you know anticipating they're not selling but they're waiting to buy one last crypto plunge it doesn't happen and that's when you start to see okay um prices could continue to stabilize here so i think you'll probably see a lot of active traders have a tight leash on this trade but there's a there is optimism that the crypto winter could be ending and at one point it did have a 20% rebound and and I think you're you're going to see that the optimism will remain in place or it'll start to grow I think a lot of traders now have a close eye on on, on crypto especially bitcoin and um, we'll we'll see if uh, this this rebound is is going to be sustained well it has been a very dramatic week indeed and next week what lies in store? Of course, over here in the UK, we'll see the launch of various prime ministerial campaigns. Tell me what's going to be happening economically and in terms of markets for the next seven days or so. It's going to be a busy week because we have uh, President Biden. He'll be going to the Middle East and he'll um, be trying to negotiate more output from the Gulf nations. Um, I think uh, a lot of traders will also pay close attention to the latest inflation report from the U.S. Inflation is going to remain stubbornly high, uh, and that should cement that 75 basis point rate increase uh, by the Fed later this month. And even if it's soft, I, I think um, that won't deter uh, market expectations for that. Uh, there's a wrath of Chinese economic data that is probably going to uh, continue to um, show that you know the economy does warrant more stimulus and more support. Um, and I think a, a lot of traders, too, will pay close attention to two key rate decisions. Um, the Bank of Canada is expected to raise rates. Um, um, along with uh, the RBNZ, um, New Zealand's going to raise rates also by 50 basis points. So um, more tightening, global tightening is kind of the theme that we've been in these last few months, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Um, we uh, mentioned earlier uh, about you know the house elections for Japan, um, and also you, you'll probably see um, a close eye on UK politics, as you highlighted before. So it will be a busy week. There's lots of interesting speeches. Um, you'll you'll hear from the Bundesbank president talking about the digital euro. Um, I think that you're, you're also going to see that the Nord Stream 1 gas pipeline closes for that annual maintenance. Um, that's closed through July 21st. There will be Fears that maybe Russia might uh, use that as leverage. <laughs> um, so I think energy markets will be remain jittery on, on that as well. So a lot to cover. And uh, I, I think that um, you'll, you'll start to see, though, um, some of the liquidity at certain days, it's drying up. Some 
traders are are taking holidays so we'll see if uh, that provides more choppy conditions um, next week okay Ed, thanks very much for joining us today we'll speak to you again soon this is the oanda podcast <laughs>